Good morning, brothers and sisters, and welcome again uh, as we're going to open up God's Word. And I pray that the Lord will bless you today through His Word. Wow, we've had a jam-packed few weeks when we follow Jesus through the book, Gospel of Mark. And we've learned a lot from Him. Just last week, we've heard how He was dealing with, with men who had selfish ambition. You remember me, myself and I. When uh, James and John came to him and they wanted a top position. Well, we're going to continue today. And I want to talk to you today about spiritual blindness. And you will see how applicable it is when we deal with the next miracle. We're going to look at a miracle today. And this is the last recorded miracle uh, in the book of Mark, in the gospel of Mark, before Jesus gets into Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus by now is roughly 15 miles away from Jerusalem He's going to pass Jericho and there's something that happens here. We're going to look at that as we listen to how Jesus deals with the situation. Remember and always remember that Mark is telling us who Jesus is and why he came. The servant king, uh, the Messiah, the son of God. We've had all of these revelations. And my prayer is that the Lord will speak to you through his word today. Now we're going to hear about Bartimaeus. And he is a physically blind man. And there's so much we're going to unpack today out of the context and the text. And then finally, I want to come down to the part of spiritual blindness. <clears throat> Whilst Bartimaeus was physically blind, there is still a lot of people in the world today who are spiritually blind. And that is what I want to address today. So, without any further ado, let's continue with our narrative as we walk with Jesus. And we are now in Mark chapter 10 and verse 46. The word of the Lord says, Now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Tamias, sat by the road begging. Now, what do we know about this man? We see here is a man sitting, we know his name. His name is Bartimaeus, and he is the son of Tamias. Now, first of all, as you know me, we understand and we find out what names means. There's a lot of characteristics which is built into names. Uh, Bartimaeus, son of Tamias, means unclean, or foley, or foul. And this is the meaning of that. Now, he's sitting where? He's sitting in Jericho. Now, what do we know about Jericho? The name, the meaning of Jericho is a place of fragrance. So first of all, here you have something unclean sitting in a place of fragrance. Think about that. This man is blind. He's a beggar. Place of fragrance is supposed to be uplifting. It's supposed fragrance is something that smells good, something that's supposed to put you in a good mood, in a joyful mood. But here we find immediately the first opening of this narrative. We find this man sitting there and the whole meaning, his whole situation he's in is uncleanness and he's foul. Now, as you believe, uh, as you know, the belief back in the day was that if somebody was blind like Bartimaeus of Timaeus, that people believe that that is the penalty for sin. Either his parents or his great parents 
they sinned. And because of that sin, it is now carried over into the children. Doesn't matter how, but here sits this man. And I can see his calamity. There's a great crowd coming past. He's used to get out there every single day. Maybe he knows his spot where he sits every day. Maybe he's got a few neighbors who sit next to him and begging. And what are they begging for? Well, they couldn't hold a job. So they would be begging for food or maybe somebody who can throw them a coin that they can go and buy some food. It's not a great situation to be in. And this is how we find this man. This is also not the first blind man that we see Jesus are dealing with. But it's certainly an important man when his name is mentioned to us. So again, we see uncleanness. We see foulness in a place of fragrance. So let's see what happens in verse 47. And when he heard, this is Bartimaeus, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now I want you to look at the words there, because there's, there's so much in here. I, I just want to get my teeth into telling you what this is. We see a few things that's happening here. First of all, he hear, he heard that he was Jesus of Nazareth. Obviously, there's a commotion now. There's a lot of people. The Bible says there in verse 46 that there was a great multitude. What comes with a multitude? A lot of noise, a lot of excitement. Remember, they were on their way to Jerusalem for the Passover. This brought with it joy. It brought with it fellowship. And with all of those things, it brings noise. People talk. People is excited. And the Bible says there in verse 47, when he heard that he was Jesus of Nazareth, he started to cry out. Now, there's something I want to point out to you here. To him, it was told it is Jesus of Nazareth. It is because a lot of people just know Jesus as Jesus of Nazareth, even today. And to prove that, we have Christmas every single year. And what do we celebrate? What do people celebrate? They celebrate the baby that was born in Bethlehem. But it was the baby who was living in Nazareth. And this is how a lot of people know Jesus. They just know Jesus of Nazareth. That's all. And there's a lot of people sitting in churches who just know Jesus of Nazareth. And this man heard, when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth coming, he started to cry out. Now, most probably this man was a Jew. And because he's a beggar and because he didn't have a job, he might have sat close to the synagogues and he might have overheard people talking about Jesus. I don't know. There's not much there. Maybe his father taught him about Jesus, but he certainly knew who Jesus of Nazareth was. But here is the amazing thing. As soon as he heard him, he began to cry out. And what did he cry? What was the words that he cried out? Every day of his life, 
he was also crying out. But he was crying out for something different. He was crying out for food. Please, sir. Please, madam. Have you got any food for me? He was crying out for money. Please, sir. Please, madam. Have you maybe got a coin for me? I don't know. Maybe he was crying out for clothes. Maybe he could have said, sir, madam, it is cold. Can you have something for me? A blanket? A rag or something? What would he cry out when Jesus comes past? Well, we've seen a lot of people when Jesus came past, what they asked for. They were certainly asking for healing. They were asking for positions. Hello, James and John. They were asking for to sit on his left and his right hand side. So there's a lot of requests made of, made, made of Jesus. But what stands out for me from this man? Bartimaeus, son of Thaddeus. This man, Thaddeus, he was crying out for mercy. Listen to him. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was crying for mercy. Now, what does mercy mean? Mercy is not getting what you deserve. And if you think about this man who was lying there, one could say that the penalty was already, the judgment was already upon his life. I mean, it is evident he's blind. And coming with the stigma of uncleanness and foulness, that's the meaning of his name, that people would have said, judged and found guilty and penalized for that. <clears throat> In the midst of that, this man cries out for mercy. He cries out not to get something that he deserved. Now, think of this. We're talking about judgment here. And if you go into a court of law, when the judge stands there and somebody is brought in front of him and this person is guilty as sin, this person has done the crime. The judge then comes and he says, I judge that you are guilty. Now, between that and when he gets the penalty, when he gets the verdict of what's going to happen to him, that time frame between the two is where you cry out for mercy. In a court situation, when the person stands there, the judge will ask, he will say, is there anybody who will come up and say a good word on behalf of the person who is found guilty? And we've seen this so often. So often somebody will come up with a letter and they will say, judge, please be merciful upon him or her. Because I know that this person is not as bad as you portray him to be. Yes, they've done something wrong and yes, they are guilty. But when you're going to bring the penalty upon them, please have mercy and not be so harsh. This is the time frame. Between being judged and being penalized. Now, if you look at this man, you would say, but listen, Bartimaeus, son of Thaddeus, you've been judged and you've already been penalized. You're blind. But still, he's crying out for mercy. You see, 
He's not crying out for grace, but he's crying out for compassion. And this is what mercy means. There's a song that I know and it says, He had compassion on me. I'm blind and all of these things that I am, but he still had compassion on me. And this man is crying out for, for mercy. But see what happens here now. When he cries out for mercy, the crowd says to him, Hey, Bartimaeus, be quiet. Be quiet. Now, why would they do that? Well, let me just bring you a little bit more background here. Where is he sitting? He's sitting either in Jericho or next to Jericho. Now, what do we know about Jericho? Well, we know that the name means a place of fragrance. But if you go to the Old Testament, it wasn't a place of fragrance, was it? I mean, if you think about it, this was one of the strongholds in the land. And God had his people walking around the walls of Jericho. And they made noise. And on the seventh day, the walls came tumbling down. And the whole city was utterly destroyed. It is as if there was a stain upon the place. Well, they've rebuilt Jericho. Not on the same place. A few miles from the old Jericho, that's where they've built this new Jericho. And maybe the people of the city didn't want to have the stigma of the old place still hanging around the new place. So think of this. There is this place of fragrance. And if you think of fragrance, like I said, it's supposed to be a blessing. It's supposed to be a place that uplifts, that brings fragrance. And here is sitting this man, Bartimaeus, the son of Tatius. And remember, his name means unclean and foul. Jesus is this young rabbi. And he's the exciting one now. Everywhere where he goes, there's crowds surrounding him. And he's coming past Jericho. I can just imagine the people of Jericho so proud that this young rabbi, everybody's talking about this young rabbi, Jesus, listen, of Nazareth. This is what they said when he cried out, who is it? They said Jesus of Nazareth. That's the only way they knew him. They didn't know him better. Now this Jesus is coming. And when he comes to a place of fragrance, You don't want him to see what's going on there. You don't want him to see, you know, somebody like a Batamir sitting there and begging for money or begging for food. So the people try to quiet him down. But I love this man. And when I'm in heaven one day, I want to go over to Batamir's. And I want to say, Batamir's, good on you. Because what did he do? The Bible says that he began to cry out all the more. Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David. He wasn't going to be quieted. He started crying out. My dear friend, how is it so often that even in our day, that because we live in our places where we live and we look down on other people, Remember that Jesus came to save the lost. He came for those who are sick and poor. 
they tried to quiet him down, but they couldn't. <clears throat> now, I want you to notice another thing here, which I think is very, very important. When he said to them, who's this man? They said, Jesus of Nazareth. And like I say, a lot of people in the church today just know Jesus of Nazareth. But he didn't call him as Jesus of Nazareth. No, 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 no. He called him Jesus, son of David. Why? Why would he do this? Well, I want to suggest to you that he called mercy to this son of David. He knew a little bit more than the average man. This blind man. Now, I want to explain to you what son of David means because it is a little bit more than Jesus of Nazareth. Now, if you want to know Jesus as Jesus of Nazareth, by all means, go ahead. But there's more. And if you're like me, I want more. He said Jesus, son of David, not Jesus of Nazareth. He knew something. Now, let me tell you what he knew. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, we read about a prophecy. Now, listen to the prophecy. I'll unpack it for you. It says, there shall come forth a rod. Look at the word there. It's a capital letter rod from the stem of Jesse. Who's Jesse? Jesse is the father of David. King David of the Old Testament. So the prophet says, he prophesies, there shall come forth a rod, capital letter rod, from the stem of Jesse. And a branch, a capital letter branch, shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now, while I read these words, you need to reflect back now all the things that, that we saw in the, in the gospel, all this time we've walked with, with uh, uh, Jesus in, through the gospel of Mark. Where did the Spirit of the Lord rest upon Jesus when he was baptized? Here, let's continue. He says, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Who's he talking about? Who's, the, who's this prophecy about? Capital letter R, Rod. Capital letter Brands. Let me show you. Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 5. Now it's a different prophet. Again bringing us the word of God. And he's going to talk to us now. In verse 5 he says, Behold the days are coming, says the Lord that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. Whoa, just stop there. What will he do? The Lord will raise to whom? To David. A what? A branch of righteousness. Rewind. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1. And he says a rod from Jesse, but he says also, and a branch, capital letter branch, shall grow out of his roots. Now Jeremiah says, the Lord says, that he will raise in the days that are coming to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper, capital letter king, and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now, this is his name by which he will be called. Listen now, the Lord, our righteousness. Oh, I get so excited about this. 
What am I telling you? Who is this? Who is the prophet talking about here? We find now in the New Testament, when we have the genealogy of none other than Jesus Christ, in Matthew chapter 1 verse 1, I want to bring it all together for you. Look at this now. In Matthew 1 verse 1, he says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David. The son of David, the son of Abraham. How wonderful is that? That we have here the son of David. Who is it? The prophet Isaiah talked about him. He said the branch of righteousness. Jeremiah said the Lord's own words that he will raise a branch out of David. And now listen to this now. Bartimaeus, the son of Thaddeus. When they said to him, it is Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> he, he knew something else. He knew he knew he need mercy, not from Jesus of Nazareth, as a lot of people know him, but he needed mercy from the son of David, who the Lord of righteousness. And that's who you need to know. You can't just stay on knowing Jesus of Nazareth. The little baby boy was born in Bethlehem. <clears throat> no, he needs to become the Lord of righteousness to your life. What is righteousness? To live a life acceptable to him. Now again, we go back to this man. You see, I told you this. There's just so much here. He cries out. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. In other words, show compassion towards me. There we have it. Is he, are you crying out to the son of David? Now let's continue the narrative. So verse 49, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer. Rise, he is calling you. Now just stop there for a minute. I've got a question for you. What made Jesus stop? It says there, so Jesus stood still. Here is all of this crowd. Everybody wants to touch Jesus. Everybody wants to hear Jesus. Everybody throws names to Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus. And they follow him. And his disciples is there. And there's a commotion. They want to know, can I sit in your left and your right hand side? And, you know, it is just a multitude of people and a lot of noise. Above the noise came this cry. Jesus, son of David. What made him stop? It was that title that made him stop. When he heard, when he heard Bartimaeus crying out, Son of David, he stopped. Now, it's not the first time that a blind man called him Son of David. We saw that earlier in Mark chapter 9. But what did he say to that blind man? He said to him, he healed him and he said, Tell no one. And now we come again because then the timing wasn't right. But now the timing is right. What, I'm, what am I saying to you? Well, first of all, when he called him, he stopped because he heard that, that name. A few days from now, from this, he's going to enter into Jerusalem. And what's going to happen there? I'm giving you a precursor here. 
They're going to take branches and throw it on the road. They're going to take off their jackets and throw it on the road. And they're going to sing Hosanna to the king. You see the son of David. Because what did the prophet say, Jeremiah? Jeremiah said it. Jeremiah said, a king shall reign and prosper. Now is the time for him to be known as the son of David. But you see, they waited for this king. He came to his own and they didn't accept him. So what made him stop? It's when he heard that title. When this man cried out. And now we're going to see something interesting. First of all, we're going to see a call of faith. Because Jesus is giving me a call of faith. Now, Jesus didn't know he was blind. I just want to make that point. He just heard him. He heard him called, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Could have been a crippled man. Could have been somebody, you know, there's a lot of illnesses. But then he said, bring him to me. Now, this first thing you need to understand is the call of faith. What do I mean? He commanded this man to be called. A call of faith always starts with a word of hope. These people came to him and they said to him, be of good cheer. Think about it. He was sitting there all his life. Now they come to him and they say to him, you need to come. The master is going to, is calling you. It's a call of faith. He needs to respond. He needs to react to this. The call is rise. He is calling you. Rise out of your calamity. Hey, unclean, remember that's what his name means. Hey, foul, rise out of that uncleanness, rise out of that uh, foulness. He is calling you. And that call is always a call of faith. Look, when Jesus calls you and me, it is a call of faith. We have to have faith in Jesus. When he went to James, John, Peter, you name them all, and he called them to follow him, they had to have faith. It's always a call of faith. It's not what we see. We're not called by what we see. And he couldn't see because he was blind. It's a call of faith. So let's see what he do. In verse 50, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. I want you to see these steps because this is the path of salvation. The path of salvation starts with knowing Jesus of Nazareth, but then calling on Jesus, the son of David. And now we see something happen here. The second thing that happened is a show of faith. So the first one is a call of faith. And now we find a show of faith. What do I mean by that? Those garments that he had is all he had. Think of that. All his life, that's all he had is his garments. And he's blind. He could lose those garments. Who would take him back if nothing happens? You know, he puts his garments down. It says it, he threw aside his garments. It's not he clanging onto them. I, you know, if you think about garments as calamity, as, as, as a place of, of, of you, you know, of trouble, of struggle and all of that. You know, I know people, I know people today, they love to, to dwell in struggle. I mean, you bring to them Christ and you bring to them the solution. They don't want to hold the solution because they've become so, so accustomed to their problems, that they live in their problems. They live in their garments. But this man had a show of faith. He threw the garments off. And he came 
He rose. You know, the call for him, the call of faith was rise. And then now he says, as we see a show of faith, he rose and he came to Jesus. And like I say, for some people, their problems is their crutch. They love to tell people about all of their problems. That's the crutch they're leaning on. This man threw the crutch away. He rose and he came to Jesus. And we will see that when you have a show of faith, there's always an act of your will. An act of your will. You want to go. This man wanted to go. Verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? I, I find it absolutely interesting when Jesus asked this question. He says, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. I want to see. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately, oh, don't you laugh, Mark, when he writes. He, he uses the word immediately more than anyone else. Immediately he receives his sight and follow Jesus on the road. Now, first of all, if we had a call of faith and then we had a show of faith, now we see the result of faith. What happens if you take that step? What happens if you rise? What happens if you throw your garments away? What happens if you throw your problems off and come to Jesus? This is what happens. We saw that. You see, Jesus asked him the question, what do you want me to do? He wouldn't have asked him that question if that man wasn't in front of him. Think of that. He could have just sat there next to the road. But he had an act of will to come to Jesus. And when he came to Jesus, Jesus asked him the question. It's not as if Jesus didn't know. But he wanted this man to say it. And the man says to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Now, I want you to see this. Okay, so we started off with Jesus of Nazareth. When, when they asked him, they said, Jesus of Nazareth. He called Jesus the son of David. Uh, have mercy upon me. What has that turned into now? No more Jesus, son of David. Now it is Rabboni. Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. What does Rabboni mean? Rabboni means it is, is a, it's an extreme and a straight, stronger word than the word Rabbi. Rabboni means my master, my Lord. Can you see the path of salvation? Friend, where are you? Are you still knowing Jesus just as Jesus of Nazareth? You know that little baby in Bethlehem? No, no. You need to come to the point where you call out to him, the son of David, the Messiah, the king of righteousness. This man embodied. He was typical. I mean, his name said it all. His name said he was unclean, foul, stinky. He had rotten garments, everything about him in a place of fragrance. He called out to the Lord of righteousness. And then when he came to that Lord and that voice, what do you want? My Lord, my Lord, that I may receive sight. Can you see it? That is personal for him. You see, in 1 John chapter 1 verse 4 says, In him, this is in Jesus, was life. 
And light was the light of men, and light shines in darkness, and darkness did not comprehend it. Here we see a beggar, a blind beggar, becoming a disciple. He didn't go back to the old uh, uh, garment. No, no, he didn't go back. No, I read it there. Jesus healed him and he says, go your way, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight. And what happened? He followed Jesus. He became a disciple. He's not just sitting at a place called fragrance. He is now with the fragrance giver. He's not looking for light anymore. He has got the light now. He is healed. A beggar, a blind beggar became a disciple. Now, friend, let me talk to you about spiritual blindness here. Because this man physically was blind. But you and I are beggars who came, who became disciples. Let, let me say that over. You and I were beggars who became disciples. But there's something going on in the world right now, and that is spiritual blindness. You see, the three stages of a, a Christian's life is people knowing Jesus of Nazareth, but there's still a lot of people who know Jesus of Nazareth, but they are spiritually blind. They just know him as Jesus of Nazareth. What you need to do is you need to call out to Jesus, the son of David, and make him and let him become your Lord, Rabboni. Spiritual blindness is one of the worst things that can happen to you. Let me just unpack that for you and then we'll finish off. You see, spiritual blindness is a condition of those who do not believe in God, who do not believe in Jesus and do not believe in his word. You say, but I go to church and, you know, I've been a Christian so long and all of those things. But do you believe in him? And if you do, why do you live the way that you do not believe in him? There's people even in the church who could be spiritual blind. This can be people in the world and even in the church. And these are the people who reject Christ and they are lost. John chapter 3 verse 18 and you know John chapter 3 16 you find in your Christmas cards for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him uh, will have eternal life and will you know will be saved and have eternal life but nevertheless they don't read on verse 17 which says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world but that the world through through him might be saved but here comes the verse Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see, here is the thing, if you're spiritually blind and if you haven't believed in him, you're condemned already. This is not a message of condemnation. This is what happens to the spiritually blind. John 6 verse 68 is a clear example when a lot of people follow Jesus, a multitude. And, and you know, I look around and, and when I talk about the church, I talk in general. I look around and there's a multitude who cries out, Jesus of Nazareth, you know, Jesus. 
But when Jesus turned around one day and he said, you will eat my flesh and drink my blood. The word was too hard for them. And a lot of them walked away. He turned to his own disciples and says, do you also want to go? And Peter says to him there in John chapter 6 verse 68, he says, um, Lord, to whom shall we go? Where shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have them. You see, for the disciples, he wasn't Jesus of Nazareth anymore. He became their Lord. He became Rabboni. This is so true. The spiritual blind people in the world who is who's lost, they are perishing. 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church in Corinth, chapter 4, verse 3, and I want you to listen to this. He says, but even if our gospel, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. The gospel is Jesus dying on a cross for you and for me, uh, taking our sins and nail them on the cross so that we may live, so that we may have mercy, so that we may have compassion in front of the judge, the ultimate judge. But this good news Paul says to the church in Corinthians, is veiled. Veiled is you can't see it. You are blind to it. You are spiritually blind. He says, but even if your gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. Who are perishing. Whose minds the God of this age is blinded. Who do not believe. And it's the God of this age. We know who he is, but he has blinded their minds. There comes the word blindness in, in spiritual blindness. Your mind is blinded. All you see is Jesus of Nazareth and you're in the crowd and you hooray and you want to see the miracles. And, and how many of those do we see today? People are just living from one miracle to another. Can we just see the miracles? Jesus of Nazareth. Never became the son of David, the Lord of righteousness, nor my Lord Rabuni. And here we find it. He says, they were blinded who do not believe. Lest the light, listen, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine in them. John 1 says that in him was life and that life was the light who shines into the darkness and darkness could not comprehend it. And now Paul says to the church in Corinth, he says the gospel is veiled to the ones who are perishing unless, unless. And I pray so today and I preach to you today that the unless is happening to you right now if you hear my voice. If you are one of those spiritually blind ones, I want this unless to speak to you now. Unless, unless what Paul? The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine in them. You see, these people can't receive the things of the Spirit until the light shines into them. And Paul again, he writes to the church in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 2, 14. But the natural man, this is the blind man. This is the man we've been talking about now. He's perishing. The blind man, the natural man. He does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritual blindness. Yes, we know about Bartimaeus of Thaddeus. But we saw an unclean, foul man be healed by Christ when he met the light of the world. But there is something more serious here. You might be walking around and say, Preacher, I'm not blind. I can see with mine. Yes, you've got 20-20 vision. But spiritually, you are blind. You've got no vision. 
This is what I'm talking about. To you, who am I talking to you to right now? There is a call of faith to you. You see, Jesus commanded them, bring Bartimaeus. Let him come. Call him. And that same call is to you and to me. Oh, he was to me as well. 1 Corinthians 1 9, it says that God is faithful by whom you are called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is a calling for you. Don't try to work it out with your mind. It's a call of faith. Jesus is calling you. Let me just say, let me just say, blind man, blind woman, all of us, you and I, we were all born Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus of Tatias. I'm, I'm mixing up, you know, how to say those words, but I think you get, get, get the drift now when I say Bartimaeus, the son of, son, son of Tamias. We were all born like that. I was born a Bartimaeus. Unclean, foul. I was born that way. The Bible says by, by birth we, we carried over within us our genes, the sin of our great-grandfather Adam. I, I was a Bartimaeus. Couldn't see. I knew Jesus just as Jesus of Nazareth. But there was a call of faith in my life, as there is a call of faith in your life right now. Jesus commands you. You see, when I read there, these things just don't happen. I don't just believe words just fall into place in the Bible. They are picked meticulously by the Holy Spirit. And it says that Jesus commanded him as he's commanding you to come to him to be saved today. Now, there's a song, Softly and Tenderly Jesus is Calling. O sinner, come home. There's place at the cross and room for one. Now, they came to, Tadia, to, to Bartimaeus and they said, Rise, he's calling you. I want to say to you today where you are, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, Rise, he's calling you through this sermon, through my voice, through his spirit. Do something. Rise. And as we saw with Bartimaeus, there was a call of faith. There was also a show of faith. And this, you and I need to have a show of faith. You see, the show of faith for him is he was throwing the old garments away. You remember that? The old ragged garments. He threw them off. He knew that when he threw them off, he's not going to return there. Otherwise, he would have taken the garments with him. You see, a lot of people want to follow Jesus, but they want to you know, drag along the old garments, the old sinful garments. Garments is a sign of sin in the Bible, the old garments. Whenever you read about that, it's a sin, stain, garments, the old filthy raggets. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10 talks about this. It says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He is calling you today. Now he wants a show of faith. And what's he going to do? As you throw off the garments 
of sin. Now, listen, you can't become better. He does that for you, but you have to come to him and say, Jesus, take these garments away. And what will he give you? He will give you new garments of salvation. He has covered me with the rope of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as his bride adorns itself with her jewels. What do you need to do? First of all, you need to call on him, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. And then you show your faith by coming to him. Now, what is the result of faith? Because we saw the result with the blind man. Jesus healed him. And what happened? Did he go back to his old garments? No, he followed him. And we see the same happening in our spiritual world with our spiritual blindness. A result of faith. If you call on the Messiah today, if you call on Jesus, the son of David today, have mercy upon me. You know what he's going to do? He's going to draw near to you. Just do that. James chapter 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, you purify your heart, you double-minded, lament, warn, weep. Let your daughters be turned, your, your laughter turn into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. It's what the blind man did. He came to Jesus. He couldn't do it on his own. And he asked Jesus to help him. And he did. There you've got it. You've got the three stages in this passage of Christian. Know him as Jesus of Nazareth. No, no, that's not where you can stay. You need to call on Jesus, the son of David. And then he becomes your Rabboni, your Lord, your master. The master of your life. So my dear friend, I want to invite you. I want to implore upon you. I want to urge you. Oh beggar, oh blind man, oh blind woman who's looking me in the eyes. I want to implore upon you. Become a disciple. Old beggar, old blind man. You and I who were these beggars, we can become disciples. May the Lord bless you. Heavenly Father, I pray to you and I ask you Lord to speak to my dear friends. Father, he's talking about spiritual blindness. We saw a physical man healed, but it is more a deeper message to us. For those who are listening to my voice now who are blind and crying out to you, Lord, please visit them. Please visit them. And Lord, please save their souls. In Jesus' name, amen.